Welcome to the His Light and Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. Welcome back to His Light and Life. We left off last time talking about the victorious Christian life. Um, and uh, the verse we were reading was in Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. And it's elect according to the foreknowledge of God. And I decided to pick up right there. I mentioned Ephesians 1 and the importance of that chapter. And it's, um, I'm going to try to read it uh, because, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's one thing when you're, uh, you have a Bible that you spend your time with, um, and I have quite the Bible collection, actually. But there's one that I have been doing. The, I've just read it for years and years and years. I have no idea why. Um, and it is uh, it is pretty much illegible. It's different when I'm sitting by myself and I'm just spending some time and I'm reading verses that I've read many, many times myself. And it's one another thing when you actually have to read it um, in this format. So I'm going to do my best uh, I got I gotta get a different Bible for this though. There's zero doubt about that. I want to read Ephesians chapter one. Uh, I'm gonna go from verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now yeah, I used to I used to have a, before I get going here. I used to have that ver hear that verse all the time, and the way it was always explained to me is all of these blessings are in heaven. You know, and when you get there, then you're going to get them. Uh, the simple fact of the matter is, uh, if you read it carefully, it says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath hath past tense blessed us with all." That doesn't leave anything out. Spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay? Now, when you read the heavenly places, it's important to, to know that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Okay? So you have been blessed with all blessings in Christ Jesus. And you're in Christ Jesus. The fact that you're still on this earth does not change anything at all about that verse. Okay? We need nothing else from our Father. And that's important for us to know. But continuing on, because this whole podcast could be on that verse. Continuing on, it says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Okay? That's very descriptive of when that occurred. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And you are. You're holy and without blame before him in love right now. That's where you are. That's where he knows you. That's why you can boldly come boldly to the throne of grace. That's why. That's why you can call him Abba Father. That's why you can pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's why you can pray that. That's why Jesus said, touch me not to Mary when he, just outside the tomb, when he says, for I've not yet ascended to my God and your God, my father and your father. Okay. He is your father and he is your father God right now. 
And he says here, having predestined us according to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Um, I don't see any involvement we play in that. It says that he predestined us unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us acceptable in the beloved. Not a lot of works there, not a lot of jobs coming up on our end. In whom we have redemption, this is how he did it, through the through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. Okay, so when we enter into it, when we talk about the victorious Christian life, we it's important for us to understand that we're not trying to achieve something that is imaginary, but we're entering into something that has been prepared for us, that we've been ordained onto this, that we've been called onto this, that the Father before the foundations of the world, he chose, he chose those who would be adopted into his son. He chose the inheritance that he would be for his son. He chose it. He chose the living stones. As a master builder builds a house, he can order exactly how many bricks he needs to build that house. And if somebody was building the same house, 20 versions of the same house, he'd know on the 20th one exactly how many stones to order. Well, the Father God has put together the body of Christ perfectly, and he's put together the body of Christ out of those living stones that he foreordained, that he chose, that he elected, that he predestined before the foundations of the world. Okay? Now, in the victorious Christian life, our, our avenue, our part of it, the part we play, is not in growing in achievement, but it's learning to receive it in greater measures. Okay, so it isn't like we are climbing a ladder of achievement, but we are brought from step up to step, from height to height, from faith to faith and glory to glory in our understanding and in our revelation of what Jesus has already done. Okay, and there's many, many things that are designed to keep you both from receiving them to from seeing that they belong to you now that they were purchased for you and they belong to you now. He hath blessed us. He's not going to. He hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Father God has designed and desired and willed according to no constraint or pressure outside of himself to bring in through the avenue of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ into his son, sons and daughters. He chose it. He decided it. It was not like when he said to Abraham, look at the sand of the sea, if you could count them. And then he said, look at the stars of the sky. It's important to know that one of those stars was lit for you. You were real then. Your experience of your salvation in time is not the in, is not the events and activities of the Father God. 
When we spoke before, we talked about the sovereignty of God, how he looked at all the expenses of all that he would do according to his, all, to his own pleasure. And he made specific determinations about what would be allowed, what would not be allowed. His involvement, he was very, very active in his sovereignty. But he did it all before anything was created. He exercised his sovereignty in eternity past. Now, in time, there's been events in the moon and the sun and all kinds of things, aspects of his creation, the angelic realm, the creation of the human race, all of those things, they, carry, they were carried out in time. But they were determined by his sovereignty in eternity past. Okay? Now, the beauty of that is because if you're a Christian, it can be very easy for you to say, well, what's the point? You know, God is this distant, far off, uh, you know, unimpressed, um, unmoved, un un just sort of a passive creator in eternity. Well, no, that isn't true. Because in his sovereignty, in his eternity past, he, he, de he determined that he would be imminently present with his children. So even though we're in time, before the foundations of the world, he had determined that he would be our father, that he would be ever present, that we would know him and experience him and relate to him now where we are. Even though he determined it, knows all things, knows his involvement, in time, we experience him in reality present now. He's not some distant, uninterested God. He's an ever-present help in a time of need. He's one who's closer than a brother. He's our present father. He's, we're, we're children of the living God. He loves us. He cares for us. He helps us. He encourages us. Jesus himself described the Holy Spirit. He says when he comes, he will, I will send, I will pray the Father and he will send another, the Comforter. I, had a, I wondered about that for a long time. Uh, <laughs> the churches I grew up in, the churches I was involved in very early on, they didn't really have a relationship with the Holy Spirit like that. They saw him as more of a powerful deliverer and, and you know, sort of like this, you know, you know, I've learned through many years that, you know what, <laughs> if I had to call him something, I would call him exactly what Jesus called him, the comforter. He encourages me at times when you don't feel encouraged. He, he gives me power and ability in times when this world seems to close in. He gives me the, he's the one who manifests the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ with me. He illumines my heart. He it's amazing to me how he is he is our comforter because when we walk through this life as strangers and sojourners it's not all handed to us there's nothing in our christian experience that is uh, there's nothing in the world that we experience that is going to help us in our christian experience the christian is walking into a headwind all the time the christian is paddling a boat upstream all the time this world is a construct that was developed and devised by an evil heart, and that evil heart is the heart of Adam. It's a world that caters to lust. It's a world that caters to, to wrongful desires. It is a world that pursues pleasure and avoids pain at all costs. And we're here behind enemy lines, 
walking in obedience with the leadership of the Holy Spirit within us, looking for the fullness of the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ has provided for us and growing in that grace and knowing that our Father God loves us. And do you know what you need in that time? Do you know what you need in that situation? You need comforting. <laughs> and I'm grateful that the Holy Spirit is our great comforter. But it's important, I want everyone, to, my listeners, to see today that we go through these fiery trials. We go through these temptations in this life. We go through the opposition of the headwind of this world. But I want you to see that the victorious Christian life is not your movement to try to achieve something. It's not a movement to try to achieve. It's a movement, it's an energy, and it's a, a direction that you should have to contain or to maintain the fact that you've received it. We're not trying to get something. The Christian is standing in what they have received. The opposition that we go through, the fiery trials that we go through, are not things that are barriers between us and the overcoming Christian life. They're things, they're opportunities for us to demonstrate the victorious Christian life. See, the Christian starts at the finish line with a crown on his head and a first place ribbon around his neck. We begin having been declared victorious. We started victorious. When it says, Paul says, we run with race, the, the, run the race that's set before us, it's not running to achieve something. It's running in demonstration of the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ that we have already been that we have already received. The crown is already on your head. The first place ribbon has already been pinned to your chest. You are victorious in Christ. You've received now every single thing that you're ever going to receive from God. I told you right here. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath past tense blessed us." with all spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Accordingly, because of, as relates to, that he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, I have a question for you. If you think that it is possible for a believer in this lifetime, encased in flesh, with a mind, will, and emotions that are still of the first Adam, if you think it is, a, is possible that you can achieve holiness and be without blame before him in love, good luck. But I have good news. See, the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God, my listener, is that it has already been won for you. It is not something that you have to strive and work for. It's something you have to accept as a gift with gratitude and a thankful heart. The trials that come against the believer, they're not, in, they're not so that it's not in, it, to, to, to prevent us from becoming something. They come at us because we are something. If, they, if you weren't, how can you have opposition to something that doesn't exist? The fiery trials that come at us are because we are the overcomers, because we are the victorious in Christ, because we do have the Spirit of God inside of us, because we are strangers and sojourners in the earth. That's what the opposition's against. 
The opposition comes from the, the law of sin and death, the mind, will, and emotions of Adam inside of a, your body that you, before you became saved, trained in sin and iniquity, and the opposition of the lies that come from the evil spirits that whisper around you that you're no good. Those three things tell you that the Christian life is not possible. Those three things tell you that you, they're not achievable. Those three things continuously impress upon your heart and your mind that you can never be pleasing unto God. And you know what? They're right. You cannot. The Christian, the overcoming Christian life, however, is not about what I can achieve. The overcoming Christian life is not about what I can grow into. The overcoming Christian life is not about me being a better version of myself by my own strength. The overcoming Christian life is me having received the overcoming Christian life as a gift because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I spoke before we were talking about covenants, and a covenant, the very foundation of a covenant is an exchange. And that's what we have experienced. That is exactly what we have experienced. The Lord Jesus Christ took our rebellion against his Father. The Lord Jesus Christ took our sinful, lustful, iniquity-filled hearts, and he exchanged them. He took the penalty for them upon himself on the cross and shed blood shed his own blood by which we have been made accepted in the beloved and he has trans he has transitioned his life into us it's an exchange it's the exchange life the overcoming life is his life lived through me the overcoming life is not me overcoming the evils of this life in this age in my own strength and my own power in some way to make me acceptable to God. It is not progressive. We do not move through a, these progressive stages and steps that you think that you should be moving through. Because if you're moving through progressive stages and steps, then that means that you are progressing. And you cannot progress in the things of God. You must receive them as a gift. The devil loves it when a Christian is trying to be good. The foundation of all religion. Isn't it true? You talk to any Christian and you say to him, okay, well, do you believe that the devil is behind all the false religions in the earth? Every hand in the room is going to go up. Well, I'll tell you what, you believe that he's behind all false religions of the earth and all false religions of the earth are religions of self-development. They're religions of self-sacrifice. They're religions of achievement. They're religions where the individual person is responsible to move forward in some stage, in some ceremony, in some steps to become something, some higher form, aged enlightenment, whatever you want to call it. Well, then we come to Christianity and we say, okay, all the foundational false religions of the world are based upon individual achievement. And we come to Christianity and we say ours is too. The fundamental difference of Christianity, my listeners, is that it is received as a gift. That Jesus has done what no one could do. It is not a religion. Christianity is not a religion at all. Christianity is a covenant based upon promises that the Father God made before the foundations of the world. In his own wisdom, he decided. In his own power, he decided. According to his own good pleasure, he decided. And the, and the manifestation of that is accomplished by the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on behalf of the elect. 
on behalf of them. He came and did what you cannot do. Your part is to accept, is to receive, and is to declare as the core foundation of your life that not I, that it's not I that lives, but Christ lives in me. And the overcoming life is a supernatural grace, a supernatural gift that is given to me by the Father God, ministered by the power of the Spirit, based upon the shed blood finished work and total victory that Jesus has won on my behalf. And all of the opposition and the pulls and the trials that you'll endure, the fiery temptations that you go through, you're to stand with the full armor of God upon yourself. And you stand there not to fight and not to war and not to accomplish, but you stand there because the fight, because the war, and because the accomplishment has been done for you. You stand in his victory. You don't fight for a victory of your own. I want to thank you for joining me today on His Light and Life, and we will see you next time as we continue to talk about the victorious Christian life. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.